Thank you for joining me on the Fire Rescue Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, AZ. I find the research and resources and then provide the fire service with the so what, now what, to ensure the health and well-being of every member of our profession. Together, let's thrive. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to the Fire Rescue Wellness Podcast. This is your host, Daisy, and we are on episode number 40. How exciting is that? Today, I'm going to do something a little bit different, and this was recommended to me by a podcast listener, so thank you for the recommendation. Today, we're going to do a question-answer session. Recently on Instagram, I solicited some questions from my listeners, and today, I'm going to answer some of them. I can't answer all of them. Um, many of them were from the same person. I love you, Wendy Lund. You are the best, absolute best. So I'm going to get to several of Wendy's questions and then a couple of other additional questions. So without further ado, let's go. The first question that I got was, what do you wish your younger self knew earlier? And There's so many things that I actually wish that I had known before I came into the fire service. And those are the things I try to educate people on now. So the first thing that I did not know when I came into the fire service, I truly, truly thought that I was going to make a huge difference in people's lives every single day. And Um, I'm sure there are some occasions where I have made a difference in someone's life, but I can probably count on one hand the instances that I can think of myself where I feel like I had a big impact. So I got into this career thinking I was going to be helping people. And really, there's so many times that I'm actually not able to help people. And the one thing that just really sticks out in my mind really clearly right now is that we get so many calls for elderly patients who have basically fallen and they can't get up. And this one's especially difficult for me because my aunt and uncle um, recently died a little over a year ago. And again, they were the elderly patients calling the fire department all the time for help. And their local fire department, I cannot even tell you the number of things they did for my aunt and uncle. And just so far above and beyond, it was incredible. But I digress. So we go out and we we pick these people up and we dust them off. But I don't feel like we're ever really truly helping them. We're just kind of enabling them to live in a situation that's probably not the best situation for them. And so what I've taken to doing is that I talk to the patients and I say, listen, you know, it's not normal to be falling. And of course, we'd like to get you evaluated at the hospital. Many times they don't want to go, but it's not normal to be falling and you could really hurt yourself. Are you okay with me reaching out to the county to try to get you some resources? And sometimes they say yes. And sometimes they say no. And sometimes when the county follows up, they don't take the help. But at least then I feel like I'm actually assisting people as opposed to just enabling them to live in a situation that doesn't work for them. So 
I wish my younger self had known really what the scope of the job was going to be. I wish my younger self had been more prepared for the sleep deprivation. Um, I knew. I knew that we would get up and go on calls day and night. I just didn't realize the scope of what those calls would be. I didn't realize that um, someone's leaking pipes would generate a 911 call. I didn't realize that, you know, I forgot my keys inside of the apartment and it's three in the morning. I didn't realize that was going to be a 911 call. So I wasn't really prepared for the sleep deprivation. And I certainly, certainly wasn't prepared for the trauma. And trauma is interesting because people have said to me, um, trauma is an experience and your trauma and my trauma are different and I can't judge your trauma. And I certainly understand all of that. And the more I am in this career, the more I understand. And it's interesting for me to consider the things that have been particularly traumatizing to me in this job, which are very different than the things that have traumatized my friends and coworkers. So that's another thing that I, I guess I wish I, I would have had a little bit better handle on. I wish also that my younger self had known how emotionally immature that I was and been aware of all the baggage and garbage I was bringing with me into the fire service. I think that if I had been aware of that, I probably would have sought out help, behavioral health help, a lot earlier and been able to sort out the things that were going on in my life a lot earlier. So I think that that kind of is the summary of the things that I wish my younger self had known and then also what I try to teach the newer people coming into the fire service. So Wendy, thank you for that question. I love you dearly. The next question comes as a result from my episode that I did about past me. And during that episode, I talked about how I prepare my supplements and my protein shakes and my food, etc., for the week and get it ready in advance. And then I'm always grateful that I've done so. But one of the listeners reached out and said, I'm really interested in hearing about your supplement regimen. And so I have to be responsible and I have to say, listen, this is not medical advice. We're not diagnosing anything. Just because this is what I take doesn't mean this is what you should take. Um, yeah. So <laughs> also not an invitation to contact me and tell me I'm doing it wrong. So also that disclaimer. So I supplement daily with a protein shake. And I mentioned in that previous episode that I... Um, I dole out, I ration out my shakes into my bottles in advance so that I can just grab a bottle, add water, and go. And so my listener wanted to know what's in that bottle. The first thing that's in the bottle is 30 grams of whey protein. And right now I'm using Optimum Nutrition. I have a couple of brands that I rotate back and forth, but I always look on my supplements just to make sure that they're third, they're third party tested, suitable, suitable for sport, so on and so forth. Because in this career, you would never want to get um, get yourself in trouble for taking a supplement that hasn't been third party tested for purity. So whey protein. I also add a serving of collagen peptides in there. 
The reason being there is some data out there that says there's some potential for improvement in joint health or joint pain. And let me tell you, I got that in spades. So anything that can potentially help me with that joint pain, I'm all about it. The I, have, I add two more things to my protein shakes. The first one is a beta alanine supplement. And what beta alanine does is it augments the muscle carnosine. And that helps buffer and sort of mitigate that neuromuscular fatigue, especially in older populations, which is, hello, that's me. Now, beta alanine, first of all, I'm going to direct you straight to the ISSN position stand on beta alanine, and you can read all about it for yourself. But it appears to be safe um, in healthy populations with just four weeks of supplementation of about four to six grams daily. There is a side effect for some people. I do not experience this side effect, but it's called paresthesia, which is sort of that tingling feeling or hair standing on end maybe. And so if that's something that you can that you do experience, you may want to lower your dosage. So you're still going to do four to six grams daily, but you're not going to do it all at one time. So this supplement's been shown to help you improve your exercise performance and especially in things lasting between one and four minutes. So again, my big thing with this is that neuromuscular fatigue which is, it's particularly helpful in older subjects. And let's be honest, I am older subjects. The last thing that I put in my protein shake is two grams of creatine powder. Now you're going to say, whoa, 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 whoa. I thought the dosage was five. Please listen, keep listening. I put two grams in my shake because I also take creatine at a different time. I am trying to get a total of seven grams of creatine per day, which for me is 0.1 grams per kilogram. At that bit higher dosage, I'm looking for hopefully those benefits for bone health, um, benefits in hopefully buffering um, the impacts of sleep deprivation, uh, potentially being neuroprotective in concussions and TBI. And also there's some really cool data about the way that creatine works and how it might be helpful for us firefighters by bringing down our core temperature, our heart rate, and our sweat rate during structural firefighting. So summary, the shake, 30 grams of whey protein, serving of collagen peptides. I'm, I'm doing vanilla whey, chocolate collagen peptides in case you care. Uh, four to six grams of beta alanine, and two grams of creatine monohydrate. So in my supplement box, I have the following things in no particular order. And again, I need to emphasize these supplements are for me, a 52-year-old menopausal female or perimenopausal female. Some of these things may not apply to you. So make sure you're not just following my supplementation regimen. Okay, creatine gummies. I'm taking five grams of the gummies per day. That's the TriCreate brand. I'll put a link in the show notes. I do have an affiliate code for that that saves you 20%. So five grams of gummies, two grams in my shake, total of seven grams per day. I'm also taking something called methyl care. I have had um, some testing, both genetic testing and blood testing, 
And my doctors determined that I don't methylate very well. And so on the suggestion of my doctor, I take methyl care twice a day. I also take something called HelioCare. I just started taking that last fall after I went to the dermatologist. I have had maybe seven or eight little skin cancers uh, within the past decade or two. And my new dermatologist just said, hey, this is an antioxidant. It should support skin health. It's benign. It's not too expensive. She just recommended that I take it. So the methyl care for methylation, the helio care for skin health. Then I also take 5,000 international units of vitamin D, D3 slash K2. The 5,000 international units was recommended by my doctor based on blood tests, which I believe you should get if you're going to supplement with vitamin D. And I take it with a K2 for better absorption. I take four grams of a nice clean fish oil daily to support my cardiovascular and brain health. And then the following subst- uh, supplements, if you're male, you can stop listening if you would like. <laughs> if you're female, you might be interested. Uh, to ease the symptoms of menopause, I take something called Relizin and Clairvy, and those are both products from Bonafide. And if you're not familiar with Bonafide, shout out to my friend, Trisha von Dusseldorp. She is their chief scientific officer and a complete badass. And these supplements have been game changers for me. Also, on the advice of my doctor, I take DHEA and estrodim. Uh, estrodim actually helps boost my poor declining estrogen. And then uh, progesterone, which is a prescription. So, again, those are the things that I take. I've been working with, I've worked with doctors, dietitians, and also um, in reading position stands from the ISSN. Those are what I take. Make sure to do your own research and work with your own doctor. Next question, again from my lovely, lovely friend, Canadian Wendy Lund. She asks, if a fire service had unlimited resources, what change would I immediately affect? She didn't say I could only make one change, so I'm going to make a lot of changes. The first change I would make is I would put all fire departments at a 24-72 schedule, 24 hours on, 72 hours off. I would make sure that fire departments had the type of alerting systems that wake up only the people that are due on the call. I can't remember what it's called. I'm so sorry. I'll try to remember to put it in the show notes, but it's actually an alerting system. You punch in what vehicle you're on, and then you only get awakened if you are due for the call. Magical. I would also mandate every fire department carve out time, 90 minutes per day for physical fitness activities. So again, we're going to respond to our calls, but we're not going to schedule anything else during this time. No Girl Scout tours, no Mabus training, no nothing. This time is carved out for physical fitness. The next thing that I'm going to make sure every single fire department has is the professional health and wellness resources to help them be successful. 
So whether that looks like an athletic trainer, a strength and conditioning coach, a dietitian, an on-staff mental health person, every single firefighter is going to have the resources they need to make sure they have a successful and healthy career. Wendy, this is going to be expensive. Get out your checkbook. All right. I wanted to hit on one more question. I'm looking at the time. We're getting to be about 15 minutes and I'm going to try to keep this right around 20. The last question is this. What must happen individually and collectively to address firefighter cancer risk? That is a big, big question and we can totally do it. There's just so many pieces of it. The first piece we're working against is that the World Health Organization has declared shift work of any type a type 2A carcinogen, which means it likely causes cancer in humans. So simply doing the night shift at Target, stopping or stocking the shelves, you have a greater cancer risk than people that do not work night shift. That's the first problem. The second thing we're up against is that the World Health Organization last June upgraded firefighting from a 2B cancer risk. 2B is, ah, uh, it might cause cancer, to a group one carcinogen, meaning firefighting is a cancer-causing career. So these are the things that we're fighting against, sleep deprivation, shift work, and a career that is known to cause cancer. And so I jotted down um, all of the ideas I could think of immediately, and I'm sure that there are more. But we all have to take ownership of this and start to fight this, this, this epidemic of cancer. So the first one, I would not bring your uniforms home and wash them at home. Uniforms need to be washed at work in a washing machine that is designated for that job. On the same note, I would not wash your, your clothes from home at work. Many people come to work, they're wearing jeans and a t-shirt and whatever, a flannel, and they're like, oh, I'll just throw that in with my uniforms and go home tomorrow with clean clothes. I would not do that. I think the risk far outweighs the reward of using the department's soap and water to wash those clothes. So wash your gear, or I'm sorry, your uniforms only at the station. I said gear because I was already hopping ahead to point number two. If you have to transport your gear between station to station, I would not let that marinade in your car between shifts. So if you work on Monday at station 100 and you're going to be working on Thursday at station 110, I would not load that gear into your car when you get off shift Tuesday morning and drive around with it in your car until Thursday. You have kids in your car. You have groceries in your car. You have pets in your car. I would most definitely keep that gear out of your car as much as possible. The next thing, obviously, when we are doing structural firefighting or fighting a car fire, a dumpster fire, we need to be wearing our SCBA until we are finished fighting that fire. Once we're finished fighting that fire, we need to doff our equipment, much like you would for hazmat, in a very safe fashion, 
and make sure we're getting that deconned on the scene, whether that's a dry brush decon, if that's all you have, or whether you have one of the little um, uh, foam eductor style uh, gizmos where you can rinse people off. Regardless of what that looks like, we need to get deconned on the scene. We also need to make sure that our necks, our armpits, and potentially your groins, if you can, are wiped with those decon wipes on the scene. Make sure and put that gear in an outside compartment on the way back to the station. And once you get it there, it needs to off gas. And then we need to send it through that extractor to make sure that we get it as clean as possible. Let's talk about gear for one more second. Try to minimize wearing your gear on calls that don't require it. I did it for years. It was not smart, but I hopped out of bed at night wearing shorts and then hopped into my gear and responded to EMS calls that way. Partially out of necessity, when I first started, we were in a common bunk room, so there wasn't really anywhere to change. So whatever I had on my body in bed was pretty much what I needed to wear on the call. And then as I got to the middle of my career, it just became my habit. So even when I didn't have to do that, I sometimes did that. Also, keep, for the love of God, keep your body out of your gear while you are doing physical fitness training. There is no good reason to do burpees, handstand push-ups, muscle-ups, bicep curls, even sled pushes. There's no good reason to do it while wearing structural firefighting gear. If the goal is just to get hot, sweaty, and tired, then go get hot, sweaty, and tired. And then put on your gear for job-specific training, forcing doors, throwing ladders, pulling hose, whatever it is. But for the love of God, stay out of your gear while you're doing physical fitness. The next thing regarding gear is we have got to hold the manufacturers accountable. We have got to get those forever chemicals out of our gear, the PFAS. We absolutely, positively have to take a stand and hold those manufacturers accountable to start making us gear that is inherently safer. The next step on the cancer is that we have to get ourselves screened Recently, I participated in uh, more or less full body, not full body. It was basically from my hips to my neck ultrasound. I received this from United Diagnostic Services at the AFFI Health and Safety Summit. Again, it was at no cost to me, but that screening is $350. They will bring their mobile unit out to your station and they will screen your members for $350 per member. I will put that link in the show notes as well. We also need to remember that our carcinogen risks are not only the things that we experience at work. There's a load on us, an overall load. So everything from the laundry detergent that we choose to the produce that we choose, to the fact that we walk around outside on our lawns where we've put down Roundup or other chemicals, and then we wear our shoes in the house and track it all over the house. Um, Everything from getting our nails done, putting the makeup on our face, burning the candles, the beautiful Bath and Body Works candles, the little plug-in scents, the... um, the hand soap, the lotion, everything we use 
is a load on us. And so a couple episodes ago, like Tara mentioned, if you can just figure out the products that you're using every day and then choose better products for every day, then you can handle all the other ones as they come at you one by one. And then the last thing before I finish up, our cancer risk is modifiable with sleep and nutrition and exercise. And so we have a lot of risk in the career. We have a lot of risk with the circadian disruption, but we also have a lot of control. We have control off duty and we can choose to prioritize our sleep. We have control both on and off duty with our nutrition. We can choose instead of ordering six giant pizzas because we can, instead of doing that, ordering one giant pizza and a big ass salad. So there's the antioxidants in the salad, just as a suggestion. And then simply getting your body moving a little bit every single day helps decrease our risk for cancer. So that was a really, really long-winded answer to a really, really big problem. Okay, folks, we're at 25 minutes here, which is longer than I usually go for my solo episodes. So I'm just going to leave you with this call to action. If you enjoy the podcast, would you please share it with someone you know, and then give me a rating on your favorite platform. This has been AZ and I am out. Out.